This episode is sponsored by F1 TV Pro. The F1 season is starting up again and there are so many races on the horizon. So many tracks all over the world, so many podiums to try and secure, so much impending anxiety for my beloved Ferrari. We're going to win it this year, right guys? And with F1 TV Pro, you'll never miss a moment. It's completely ad-free and includes live feeds of every practice and qualifying session, F1 sprint events, Grand Prix, and exclusive behind-the-scenes content with driver onboard cameras, team radios and in-depth data. Even better, this year you can completely customise your race weekend around your schedule. With the new mobile-friendly design, you can get all the race action wherever you are in the world and across multiple devices. Whether you're watching on the go, settling in with popcorn to watch live, or you're looking for some more deep-dive content to keep you up to date through the week, F1 TV Pro has got you covered. Sign up today to F1 TV Pro for an unmissable 2024 season. and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Yes, Tommy is back after a week holiday. How dare you? I did not approve <laughs> that in our holiday system. You just went to the Netherlands and had a great time, didn't you? I did. It was really good. But yeah, it's weird though, because I guess we pre-recorded stuff. So people didn't. Oh, there's one felt, episode, yeah. wasn't there, that I wasn't on. Which Connor was great. Moore, who listened, was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. I listened to that while I was away. Enjoyed it. Did you have a nice holiday? I did. It was really good. Uh, Grace's first birthday. First first time flying with a baby, so that was an experience. But it certainly was an experience. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were texting and it sounded like you were actually more stressed uh, going on holiday than you were doing any kind of form <laughs> of work. So When I was um, there, it was good. It's the, it's the flight. Good. Flying is bad. And then imagine flying with is a bad little with babies. person. Yeah. Anyway, Formula One. Should we talk about it? Actually, before, <laughs> we, before we do, yeah, I know, to be fair. Uh, that's why we're looking into the future, 2030. Um, but yes, Con- Con- the Connor Moore episode was great. Um, it's annoying, actually, because he actually said he would have done an impression of you had I given him enough heads up. Oh. And he would have done like a line or two. And maybe I would have kept him. So maybe that would have been it. What you're saying is book another holiday. Yeah, if you want to go on a two-week holiday, just let me know. No reason. Anyway, today we're going to be looking ahead to what the F1 calendar might look like in 2030. And I feel as though there'll be a solid amount of change by then. However, there are some tracks that are on the calendar till the end of time. These are (laughs) Abu Dhabi, 2030, Miami, 2031. Saudi, also the same. Canada, also the same. Qatar, 2032. Bahrain, 2036. And Australia was like, hey, I want to be on here till the end of time, with 2037 being the end of their contract. Those are some long-term juicy deals, right? Minus, I guess, Australia and Canada. Not not really the fan favourites that (laughs) stayed on the calendar long. Um, It's the money tracks. Yeah, not massively overwhelmed by uh, by that list. Um, I, I find it. Weird. I don't know why, but I find it weird that Australia has the longest deal out of everyone. Like, yeah. how did they manage to swindle? Uh, uh, what, when was this done? This was done a few years ago as well. Wasn't it like a twenty year agreement or something ridiculous? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's a good, it's a good track. Maybe it was it was due a banger. It had it had the banger last time, um, and there's always good vibes there and. There should be an Australian Grand Prix, definitely. No doubt about about it. So I'm glad that one is on there. 
whether it's the best circuit in the world. Uh, not sure, but that that is a weird one. I mean, Bahrain is also a really long one, 2036. And to be fair to Bahrain, has produced some some good races. I feel like Hungary also had a really long there was uh, rumors deal. that that or was going to there was a rumor that it was going to be sign a deal to like 2038 but so far um not not anything at the moment not been confirmed for those really loving the uh, Hungarian Grand Prix circuit although that is that is an underrated banger isn't yeah, it, it is. uh, as much as on paper it looks pretty pretty dead but it's mm. uh yeah it's pretty solid uh interestingly stefano dominicali recently said that history is not enough to stay on the f1 calendar tommy's monaco fanboy uh, he's inside making him a lot is of crying. friends isn't he dominicali he literally Always. he loves the statement doesn't he in this one he said to be arrogant and believe you have a granted race because you've had a race for 100 years to be very honest is not enough He's, he's dropping some bombs. Has for... Monaco been on there for 100 years? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. But he's, yeah, he's dropping a lot of very extreme opinions that aren't particularly pro... For, like, he's not impressing the fans. Now, I know there'll be the argument of, oh, well, fans will just watch anyway, and it's the new people you need to impress. But, yeah, that's uh, quite the statement because there's a lot of traditional circuits that people think deserve to be on the calendar and it's always a worry for people that certain races will go uh even the traditional ones that maybe do always provide good races or have got a lot of history in the sport dominicali's not your typical f1 ceo in, in my opinion just the way in which he's going about it feels like he's a little bit too honest with the media about how he's feeling where you know previously you, you wouldn't necessarily get little snippets out of the formula one boss you just very much had very you know on the fence don't say anything until the deal was over the line whereas Stefan Dominicali is like i don't you you, you need to pay up is mm. basically what they're saying right it's because bernie eccleston era maybe perhaps i don't think he's quite as old as what bernie was when he went a no. little bit um <laughs> senile, senile. <laughs> but uh it is interesting because i think within that statement it very much encapsulates if you're a Monaco who pay the least out of anyone to be on the calendar, you better start finding some money. I mean, I've seen how much it costs for a lasagna over there. Like they, they got some cash. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's clearly what he's alluding to there. Yeah, and Monaco has had a free pass for a long time, essentially. Uh that they get away with certain things. Uh, there was a, a rumor that Monaco also uh annoyed the F1 themselves because F1 uh, have certain sponsors and Monaco as part of their deal are allowed to put different sponsors around the track and one of those sponsors was a rival to a big I think it was Rolex or obviously the Formula One's big partner and um, Monaco were like we're gonna sell part of the track to Rolex's rival which I imagine they weren't particularly happy about Uh, and it's just things like that that Monaco probably uh yeah, doing doing a lot where Formula One aren't particularly going to be happy with them. And then, of course, a lot of people as well don't think that it's even suitable for uh, should, and should be on the calendar at all. And you're not one of them, though, Tommy, are you? You <laughs> love a bit of Monaco. And, it, you know, it's got a lot of history, got a lot of, uh, you one know, race, walls. Look. Last year it? wasn't too bad, though, right? <laughs> it was something. Just need, just need a rainstorm every race every like Monaco race. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
we actually asked you on Instagram, what tracks do you think must be on the F1 calendar? The most liked response was from apt underscore zero three, who said Monza, Interlagos, Silverstone, Spa, Suzuka and Monaco. Let's dissect that. Monza. Okay. I'm a big, you know, big Charles Leclerc Ferrari fan. As a track, is Mm. it actually that good? I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I don't think characteristic-wise, Monza's actually that good, especially when the the cars maybe struggle for slipstream uh, in, in years gone by, and yeah. they actually have struggled to overtake. You know, the one thing about Monza is a slipstream fest. I think for new Formula One fans to understand that that of all the tracks, if you looked at a Formula One circuit on paper and went, "What's the best track for overtaking?" You'd point Monza yeah. out, wouldn't you? But it's not. It's just not. No. Because I think a lot of the cars reach pretty much top speed anyway without, I don't know, because they run such skinny wings, DRS is actually less yeah, impactful. Um, and then we've got Interlagos, absolutely. That is that needs to be signed, sealed, delivered until 3,000, the year 3,000, busted. I don't know why I said <laughs> said it like that. Um, God, really showing my age now, aren't I? Silverstone, absolutely. I remember a few years ago, maybe, was it about 2016, 2017, when there was a chance that it was getting binned off and yeah. it seems like it's now pretty set in stone there's been yeah seems quite a bit way. of investment isn't there and, and although, stuff, although i'm su- well i say i'm surprised uh, it did recently surface the london grand prix story always makes a a little every uh, appearance every time there's a bit of a slow news day so the london grand prix uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm surprised so we'll be hasn't. releasing london grand prix video <laughs> next week when there's nothing yeah. to talk about uh then spa yes I think it still absolutely belongs to be on the calendar, although that is one of those tracks that's really struggling to stay on. Um, it seems like they're scraping by year on year uh, mad by the looks of things. It sells out. It's really popular. I know they had the... Yeah, what are they spending their money on? What are they... Where's the money going? Yeah, they must sell a lot of chips and mayo. Maybe too much. they're putting too much mayonnaise on the chips and they're going bankrupt. That's what it is. Okay. The, the spa organizer is ferociously writing down these <laughs> notes, Tommy. Uh, then you've got Suzuka. Back. Absolutely. You know, one of the best tracks ever. Yeah. And then Monaco. We'll, we'll ignore that one. Uh, the second most popular comment uh, was from Nicoli Tanner, who says, as much as Monaco is a historic track, it's just bad. As Frank enters the room, um, if you are watching on video, <laughs> what, does, what does Frank think of Monaco? He loves it, I'm sure. Uh, propaganda no um monaco i've <laughs> brainwashed him looking at looking at that whole list of like monza interlagos silverstone spa suzuka monaco you'd argue that maybe only dare i say interlagos and silverstone have the races like consistently good quality races to back up their place because all those other tracks are legendary, amazing circuits. I want them to stay on the calendar. Do they produce the best races like Monza, like you said, Spa? When was the last time we had a Spa banger? Suzuka was decent last time, but it was because of the weather again. And obviously, Monaco never has a particularly good race unless there's uh, crazy weather and the cars that just seem to be getting bigger and bigger and not, not suited. So they're actually, while we love those circuits. I'd argue that maybe only Interlagos and Silverstone actually produce good racing now with modern Formula One cars, which is quite controversial opinion, maybe. But I think it's a big statement. I think I think if you actually take the heart away from it and use your head, 
I, I think it's hard to disagree that that's the case. And it's weird. Like, why does Spa not produce the racing? Because on paper, if this is what we're using now for this uh, this particular podcast, that phrase, um, is that that look the track looks mega. You know, it's seven point zero zero four kilometers long. Like, it's the longest track on the calendar. It should, in theory, with the long straights and whatever, create great racing. But it just hasn't seemed to have delivered uh, in in recent years. Um, that kind of leads me on because Spa is struggling. What traditional tracks do we think will be dropped by 2030? Spa. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was going to say Spa. I think it's going to go soon. There's talk of it fighting with Kyle Army, which we'll go into later about a place on the calendar. Um, but they say Spa is one of those circuits that has always struggled financially. Uh, pretty much since the kind of banning of tobacco sponsorship in that kind of mid two thousands era, they've not really sort of. Uh, it's it, one thing that's always mad to me in Formula One is that Formula One is extortionate ticket prices. These circuits sell out. These are the circuits that is absolutely packed on. Not even just Friday, Thursday pit walks are like absolutely rammed. And then you hear that they're making losses every single year. It's absolutely insane to me. Um, and it's the Mayo. Yeah, it's the Mayo. <laughs> Definitely. Well, this is why traditional tracks that are struggling financially, you know, take Monza, for example, and what they did last year, where they let in far too many people into that venue and caused one of the the worst experiences for a Formula One fan uh, attending a Grand Prix. Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah. this is unfortunately what this kind of, you know, if they're not making any money and they're struggling to stay on, they try different things to to make it work. Um, it fits yeah, F1's so I, agenda I, as well, doesn't it? That they're yeah, gonna, well, if you can't handle it, then we'll go somewhere else. It, yeah, we'll, we'll go somewhere else where everyone has a great time. And, you know, the, while we love these traditional circuits, the absolute horror stories you saw on TikTok and of people, you know, posting their experiences at the Grand Prix, Formula One probably just be like, well, they can't handle it. And uh, it's unfortunate because they're traditional and amazing circuits that have been on the calendar for years and years. Some, you know, Monza, Silverstone and Spa of Monaco, for example, have been on the calendar since day one, really. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big shame, but I can't, I can't see Spa surviving forever uh especially not till 2030 that's the one i'd say is i'd be not quite 100 percent, but i'd almost be like 90 percent mm. convinced that spa will not be on the calendar in 2030 and then the other one i'd say would probably be monaco because it seems like uh, monaco's place on the calendar there's this kind of unique race if we go to a place like las vegas that offers all the same kind of glitz and glam and ridiculous ticket prices and that's the race where all the celebrities want to be there but can produce whether it produces decent racing but i think even as the biggest monaco fan any circuit will produce better racing because the fact of the matter is the cars aren't suited to it um then formula one will just go well vegas is the new monaco why do we need monaco and they're yeah, probably make a lot more money from doing it in Las Vegas than than in Monaco, especially as we just mentioned. You know, Monaco is one of the lowest paying circuits to be on the calendar because of their heritage. Um, I, I agree. I think that Monaco, with the way in which Formula One is going now, 
you know, we're hitting sprint races left, right, and center. They're going to increase that. They're very much going down the dopamine hits at all times during a Grand Prix weekend. And unfortunately, Monaco only has that on the, in Q3 at qualifying, really, in terms of um, a proper dopamine hit. The rest of it is is like snooze fest if, if we're, you know, <laughs> let's be real here. We're, we're yeah. trying to, yeah, when you compare it to other tracks and also as well, the fact is there are there are circuits queuing up to to come onto the calendar. Formula One's never been in a better position for interest of other countries wanting to wanting to get involved. And at the end of the day, Formula One is a business and we know that they are very happy to make money from different countries that are willing to pay a bucket load to be on the calendar. So they'll look at their financial statement and go, So Monaco creates the worst racing <laughs> and they're paying the least. Yeah, when you look at it like that. They've not got much hope, have they? It's sad because I think yeah. as soon as it goes, the haters or even just the, the more like, oh, Monaco's rubbish, will actually realise, oh, actually, that... It, I, I don't think they'll be crying. I won't cry that Monaco will leave the calendar, but I think there'll oh. be that 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 small <laughs> small part of me that will go, oh, that is a bit sad, actually, because there's so much history there. And you know we've both watched Formula 1 for many, many years. But as a newer fan, maybe they won't mind as much because they haven't experienced as much of the of the history that, that went on there yeah and i've always been blinded by the fact that the f- first monaco race i watched was an absolute banger and it was carnage and in theory monaco should be that race where one little mistake costs you which it does but the problem is formula one drivers are just too damn good now and uh the cars are on rails and um there are the odd mistakes that get that get punished, but um, Charlotte, <laughs> yeah, ah! well, Max did it as well, didn't he? In that year, yeah. uh, where he binned it in FP three and missed uh, a, a good chance to win win a race. So um, they do punish mistakes, but not quite. the The very first race I watched at Monaco was '96, where only three cars finished. And I remember thinking, "Oh my god, this race is amazing!" And then never again. <laughs> But the problem is as well with Formula One in its current state is that there is so much thought around tyre wear, strategy and so on that Monaco just breeds this ground of everyone waiting to the last minute to pit. And it's a fuel-saving kind of... Yeah, just yeah, toodling yeah. around rather than if they were at 100% absolutely caning it round, there'd be so many more mistakes and so much more drama, but we just don't see it. Well, like Alonso, there's that... There's that graphic, isn't there, where Alonso, I mean, classic Alonso, was uh, he knew he wasn't going to catch the top six and was doing laps so much slower. And he was, they were completely the opposite of the circuit. And they just know that no one's going to overtake. And why would you pit? Because as soon as you pit, everyone else just pits and they're going to stay ahead. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one, but yeah, it's not, it's not looking good for, for Monaco, I'd say. But I do think that maybe an Interlagos will survive. Silverstone, I think, will survive despite all this Monaco talk. Monza, maybe if it's not a uh, Italian street circuit by then. And same with Suzuka, I think. <laughs> Suzuka will probably, probably stay. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? I know that I am constantly looking for F1 news, stalking Daniel Ricciardo's Twitter, looking for any clues that Ferrari's car is going to be better this season. We need all the help we can get. 
But if you're struggling to find that special something to spend your time on or have anxieties about not spending your time wisely, then therapy can be a great way to clarify what matters most to you. You can start with BetterHelp, the therapy service that prioritizes your time. You can book sessions around your schedule and with open conversations with your chosen therapist, you can decide how long or short you need your sessions to be. Finding what values are closest to you by starting on your own time and your own terms. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash p1pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p1pod. Let's let's bring Imola into this because, of course, that's returned to the calendar. Yeah. But I don't see it potentially staying if we are going along this route of new circuits. I can't imagine. I don't know the exact figure, but that Imola is paying one of the top dollar to be on the calendar. Um, that could be another one under threat because like, I can't believe it's back. <laughs> I can't believe it's back. If you just said in 2019 that Imola would be back on the calendar as like not even just like the COVID calendar that we had, that it's now kind of stayed around. It's crazy. It just doesn't feel like it would be... Uh, it's, it's proper old school. I love it. I think it's really cool, a really cool circuit. But yeah, it is surprising. It's not really fitting with the newer circuits that we've seen, which seem to all be street tracks. I also want to throw into the mix Catalonia. I think it's gone by 2030. Alonso will have retired... Unless Signs is winning championships, will there be enough interest? Yeah, I don't know. probably not. No. Uh, in in terms, I, mean, I think they might still have a Spanish Grand Prix, but I don't think it'll be in Catalonia because That's, it's just yeah. not a track that no, anyone not, likes. No, it's not for a, a cool country like Spain that has two amazing, like, well, has many amazing cities, but, you know, like mm. Madrid and Barcelona, really exciting cities, and they're just not, you know, there's talk of, of Madrid street circuit, but... That that is also opens up an interesting conversation of what um, what circuits will be on the calendar based on certain drivers because obviously the Netherlands we've said it so many times that Zandvoort realistically is not a suitable circuit for modern Formula One and it is there simply because Max Verstappen is in Formula One and my word like F one is booming there I mean the amount of um, stuff I saw when I was over there on holiday recently is a uh, is crazy like so many people in like Red Bull caps and Red Bull merchandise just it's like fever over there for for F1 it's massive um, but would it I mean but firstly if Max, retires what would, it, would he'll he just surely, drop off? hopefully he'll still be here in six years you know, I hope so but seven years he's obviously talking then, more about that he might retire early and if he does yeah. does Zandvoort literally just like the year after they do maybe one more year without max and then it just goes off the calendar you'd like to not think so mm. um but then i suppose you have to weigh up what formula one will be like in 2030 because right now we're in a boom period it's amazing but if verstappen wins the next five titles by a thousand points is it still going to be booming i don't think so no. and then it starts to tail off and <laughs> so then if we have 20 another races in the netherlands <laughs> yeah, well, yeah exactly but um but yeah that's that is uh, fascinating to think about uh, i'd like to hope for you know for all the dutch fans there that it wouldn't just disappear as soon as max goes but that is crazy to think that max might retire by 2030 considering how young he is yeah. uh, but he might have broken every record under the sun by then so uh, we will have to wait and see so we went on twitter and asked what new tracks you would like to see 
by 2030. Uh, Rayman here says, I would love to have a German Grand Prix again, especially with Audi entering the sport and Merck essentially being a German manufacturer. It's interesting, this one, because I think Hockenheim actually came out and said that they would love to be back on the calendar, but they just can't afford it. And that's the, the problem with these these circuits, that I'd love to see Hockenheim back on there. Nürburgring, potentially, you know, when they used to swap between them uh, each year, yeah. and now that we just don't have a German Grand Prix, which is crazy to think that it doesn't exist on the calendar. But I would love to have it back. It makes sense, but it they just have to find the money. But also the German, you know, Formula One is still really popular in Germany, but... It's strange to me to think that we've only got one German driver on the grid right now, and it's Nico Hülkenberg, who probably doesn't have many years left and is not in a top team. If I think back to, I think it was 2011, uh, I remember there was that famous picture of them at the German Grand Prix, and there was loads. I think it was Vettel, Rosberg, Michael Schumacher, Nick Heidfeld, Timo Glock, uh, Satil. So yeah, you, you, over a quarter of the grid were German, and now we've just got one who you could argue is quite lucky to be on the uh, like his career. Many thought was over anyway, so he might have been in a situation where there was no German driver. And you've got to think by twenty thirty. I had a look uh, before we did this podcast. There's two German drivers in F three, none in F two. Is there really? While there'd be a load of Formula One fans in Germany screaming for a race, are they going to sell out like a Zandvoort when they've got no, no one to root for and no one in in the in the sport because they need, you know, they can't just sell out from the hardcore audience. They need some booming interest as well, and uh, maybe it would take a bit more than Audi entering Formula One for there to be like a big boom in Germany again for there to be. a a race there hey we are seven years away though that that lot can they could be in f12 right now not that there is an f12 but you know what i mean they, <laughs> yeah there's Carter. a lot of years for uh yeah literally could be in karting right now um so yes but they're gonna have to have to, uh some german talent by 2026 2027 sort of starting to crop up on the radar if uh if germany potentially comes back onto onto the uh onto the calendar but i just don't i don't see it happening really because it just seems like the money isn't there at the moment, which is which is crazy to think. Uh, Norton Harvey comes in with Kyle Army or Cape Town Street Circuit. Oh, another street circuit. Why don't you <laughs> add another one in? Um, Kyle Army, absolutely. I am all aboard that circuit being on the Formula yeah. One calendar. I think there's something going on around about now, sort of like or in recent times, where Kyle Army is essentially being assessed to as to whether or not they can actually host uh, a Formula One. Um, Grand Prix of course they have to gain that grade one circuit license which I don't think they have right now at least it hasn't been announced that they have um, the grade one license that's essentially how it works you have to have a grade one um, circuit license to allow Formula One to come to your venue grade two and uh, it basically means you can host anyone but Formula One essentially so yeah but it's an amazing circuit if you haven't seen it it is unbelievable it's a really cool circuit. It's been on the F1 calendar before, uh, but they've modernized it a bit. Yeah, but I believe you're right. I believe it is currently grade two, but they're trying to get it to grade one to toast. And I'd love to see it because 
Formula One, however much it's easy to complain about, oh, there's too many races over here or over there or loads in America or loads in the Middle East. It is a world championship. And I think there should be a race in Africa. So this would be a great thing to, you know, have a continent like uh, like Phil, like uh, another kind of race in a different continent. Um, I'd much rather Kailami than a Cape Town street circuit. <laughs> I think everyone uh, would rather an actual proper purpose-built track. Um, I don't know if I was a bit confusing there when I said that Kyle Army is a grade two, which means they can host anything but Formula One, not grade one. They need to get yeah. grade one. That's essentially um, what needs to happen. Uh, Aman Birdie underscore comes in with more street tracks, including London. One more in the US too. Ideally, we'd want Turkey and Malaysia back, but sadly, I don't see it happening. No street, more, no more street tracks, please. Yeah. I can't deal with it anymore. This like person's Tommy... answered the question of what do you think? I mean, they, they've answered it correctly of going, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you think? Because not they're London. actually using their, not they're using their head and going, I think it will be this, more street tracks, because there will probably be more in the US. There'll be more street tracks. And a lot of people, including myself, would like to see Turkey and particularly Malaysia back, but it's not going to happen. I really yeah. don't think it's going to happen. And oh my word, just... I need Sepang back in my life in Formula One just to see it. What just one? Can we just have one just more one race? Last time. Just one last time. We didn't even know at the time, I don't think, that I don't think no. it was built up as this big thing that, like, this is the last race. It just kind of mm. happened. And um, oh, such a good circuit. And it is one that's really suited to modern F1. I think it'd be amazing now with the new cars as well. And oh, it just needs to happen. But everything you see from there, every time we mention it, we get people from you know, Malaysia and that, that part of the world that say, guys, it's just not going to happen. I know it, yeah. it's great for us to say, well, they've got a circuit. Why can't they do it? But just the situation over there, it's not it's not going to happen, which is, which is sad because I'd love to see it. But it's hard to disagree with this guy that street tracks is probably going to be the way to, that it's going to go. I hope not. Unless these street tracks are actually wide enough but the problem is i think the way in which formula one is going is we're going to las vegas we're going to these places that they're trying to fit a formula one grand prix at a place rather than mm. a country saying oh we'd love to host a grand prix where would you want to go sort of thing and it's that formula e mentality isn't it yeah of... it's, it's fitting into a venue or an area here. we need we need it to be you know, rather than going, this, going past this, this place would be amazing. And, oh, it yeah. needs to go here. And that that is even the purpose-built circuits like uh, Abu Dhabi or even uh, China. I do like do like China as a circuit. I know you do as well. But it has had its criticisms of the circuits are built around things that's got to incorporate certain things rather than actually just build a good circuit like Sepang. Just put Sepang, draw out the map, pave it somewhere else if we can't yeah. get into Sepang. Look, if a country wants it. to bring a wheelbarrow of cash <laughs> to the Formula One circus, just build Sepang or Turkey. Just one of those two. Malaysia, just sell Sepang to, you know, I'm sure a country in the Middle East would buy the Sepang International Circuit. Lift just get it, it on up. A, lift it up. <laughs> fly it over. I would just drop it in the desert. I will have a race there. Oh, it's probably not even the most far-fetched idea either, is it really? And we just need um, Bernie's like sprinkler idea to have the, mm. the monsoon season of Malaysia to like throw that into the mix. Look, 
P1, fixing F1, one step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a, that's a great idea. Love it. Um, I guess this kind of poses the question, that is Formula One going in the wrong direction now with the street tracks, with, okay, the odd, odd venue, as you say, the Abu Dhabis, the Chinas that were fitting into something. But if we do this every single time we go racing, does Formula One then just become this this parade, this advertising show of landmarks around the world, because surely that would then like a tourist thing, affect the integrity yeah. of, of the sport. Yeah. Is there to be a tour, like a, you know, a tourist thing of like visit Azerbaijan or visit, you know, Abu Dhabi or visit wherever, um, rather than kind of formula one, we would love to have a formula one race and it'd be really exciting. So, the street circuit thing as well. We did a poll, and oh my word, uh, <laughs> F1 fans and <laughs> don't want more street tracks. So nine percent of you wanted more street tracks. That's Tommy and his burner accounts. Forty nine percent said keep it as it is, and forty two percent want less street circuits. So actually, that's not as aggressive as I thought it would be in terms of get rid of the ones we currently have. Um, but of it's course, that's Formula more one, leaning though. towards the Bakus and yeah. the ones that actually have potential. I think if it was, do we want to see more circuits like Monaco on the calendar? I think <laughs> that would be swayed a lot more into no. Yeah, fair. But yeah, 9% saying they want more street tracks. How many think... do we have right now? How many street, track, uh, street uh. tracks do we have right now? So let's start. Okay, so Bahrain, no. Saudi, yes. One. Australia is technically one, yeah. so that's two. Azerbaijan, three. Miami, four. Uh, yeah, four. I'd count that is as that, a street track. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it walls, kind of is, isn't it? I, I don't know. Mm. Is it a street track? I don't. It goes past the the NFL thing, doesn't it? Mm. It kind Does of feels. It, it feels track? like a street track. I'm <laughs> All right, it. four. Let's do it. Monaco, five. Uh, Spain, Canada. Canada is one. Canada is, is that, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is, it doesn't yeah. feel like it. No. Uh, six. Uh, Hung- no, Hungary's not one, is it? British Grand Prix, no. Uh, Belgium, Dutch Grand Prix, Italy, Singapore, Singapore seven. Next, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Vegas. Vegas, sorry, yeah, Vegas as well, eight. And then it sounds like maybe Qatar eventually will become a street track. And there's also talk of Saudi maybe even wanting another track uh, that they're building a purpose-built circuit uh, in Saudi. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot. Um, the Madrid, the talk of Madrid potentially wanting to host a race. Um, so as someone mentioned, and this is totally wild to think that this never happened because it was on the F1 game, but Vietnam never happened. They had the circuit ready to go. Yeah, it was at Hanoi. Hanoi, yeah. And it's, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, that was actually what quite fun on the F1 circuit? game. Yeah. So weird to think that a circuit was built ready to go. And then when the kind of, now we're kind of going back to other circuits. Now um, COVID has calmed down to a point. Um, it's not, it's not come back. It's just but what is never it coming doing? back. What is it? Has it just turned just, into a car park? Like yeah. what, what's gone on? Right. What a strange amount of Hanoi investment. Get Sepang. Dig it up, <laughs> place it on top. No, but they have a circuit. <laughs> they have a circuit ready to go. No. I'd love to know what's actually going on with that. We might have to check that out and see. Uh... That's going to be our answer to everything when it's like spa under threat. 
get Sepang, dig it up, <laughs> place it in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have the money, Spa, to do that. No, oh, Belgium, sorry, less to do mayo. That. Um, less get rid of mayo. the mayo. God, you really are learning a lot here with P1 with Matt and Tommy, aren't you, everyone? Uh, I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, before we go, let's make a prediction on the number of races we think will be on the calendar in 2030. 28. Really? Yeah, I reckon. Oh, yeah, I, that's a really good shout. I'm going to say 26. I feel like there will be a point where the F1 drivers go, no, no more F1. And I could genuinely see them taking a stand against it. If the you know, F1 announced 35 race season for 2030, and they'll just be, no, that's that's too much. I think of all the people... I reckon it would be Max Verstappen to do it as well, and I think that yeah. would that would be such a. Well, he's the champion. Well, it, a that champion. would be that would be such a like big statement for yeah. If he if he was the reigning champion, and who knows how many titles he'll have by then, that he he goes nah, not not doing twenty eight races and sixteen of them are sprints or whatever. By imagine like the shockwave through F one that that would. That would create be massive. But I could see that happening though. I could I genuinely could, see yeah, that being the way it goes down. Are doing it, and I think people drivers say they will boycott. I think it'd be easier to it's easier to say it than than do it. You know, we've seen it before at, at circuits where they've kind of said, "Oh, just boycott the race," then, but you kind of you know it's their livelihoods and they're there to race, so exactly. it's difficult, but. Yeah, I, I could see 20, 27, 28, which should be insane. It would be unbelievable. Uh, let us know on social media or in the comment section below uh, how many you think there will be in 2030 and uh, if there's one particular prediction you have of a crazy circuit that will join or be kicked off the calendar. Tommy, final thoughts? My final thoughts are I can't stop seeing 2030 and thinking that i will be 40 years old which is a very scary prospect i will be in my 40s oh my god <laughs> yeah but tommy you look 12 so it's fine it doesn't matter how old you actually are i think mm. you are defying the universe and how aging works so how old will i be in seven years time i'll be 37 so yeah there you wow. go we'll be but you'll be washed. 40 god will we still be doing p1 with matt and tommy then hopefully hopefully you'll all be here still as well That'd we'll be, be there enjoying the sepang international circuit in belgium uh with our chips with less mayonnaise on to be fair, I'll be P1 uh, with Matt, Tommy, and Grace at that point, because Grace would be eight, <laughs> wouldn't she? <laughs> She'll know wheel, yeah. <laughs> She'll, She'll know more wheel than us. some sensible <laughs> opinions to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to this P1 with Matt and Tommy podcast on the 2030 race calendar. We'll see you very soon for another piece of content whilst we wait for Formula 1 to come back. Bye! Bye! <laughs>